1: Canceled Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My name is William DiBiani. I'm a film critic for The Rap, and IGN and other places as well. Everybody calls me Bibbs. Uh, my name is
0: Whitney Seibold. I write for Internets. And how. And how. Yeah. Boisey-woisey. And, uh, I- IGN, critically acclaimed.net, maybe some other things in the near future?
1: Um, we... we it's been... A, it's a busy time. Uh, a lot of... A lot of doings are transpiring. Uh, in addition to all of the usual shtick, we have a new podcast over at our other feed, the Schmoes mm-hmm. No iTunes feed, you haven't listened to it yet. We have Critically Acclaimed. We review new movies and also do some sort of discussion or debate topic of the week. We also have a new uh, show called The Two Shot in which we do a double feature every week of one of the worst movies ever made and one of the best movies ever made uh, and find a way in which they relate. That's very, very fun. It's hmm. the original show kind of split off into two, but we hope you check out the new show. We have Rachel Cushing from the movie Trivia SmoDown as a guest on that. Just wanted to mention that off the top in case you were saying... I don't have nearly enough podcast content from William and Whitney.
0: <laughs> the two shot was really fun. Rachel Cushing was a delight. Uh, and we talked about Catwoman.
1: Ah, what a treat Catwoman is. <laughs> uh, and I finally got you to watch a movie you hadn't seen yet, which usually isn't uh, the, uh, the way for whatever reason.
0: Well, uh, you, you get me to watch a couple, but it's it's, it, 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 like it's, it's
1: more lopsided in my direction. It, it, I feel like I have to true. watch more Are things you? for the first time for that than you do. Mm. This is true. Yeah, so uh, it worked out pretty well. I hope you I hope you check that out. I hope you enjoyed, and I hope um, that if you can, if you you know, uh, uh, if you're on our Patreon page, patreoncom soon, I hope you're happy with how the latest poll turned out. Uh, every month on Cancel Too Soon. The Patreon account. Uh, our patrons get to vote for one episode of our show, and, and this is
0: that episode. This
1: is a this is a humdinger of an episode. Mm-hmm. This is an episode that was going to be dedicated, no matter what. All of your options were short-lived television series from the short-lived television network, the WWB. Uh-huh.
0: Uh huh. So everybody remembers the WWB. They remember the frog. Uh, Michigan J. Frog, as he was eventually known, uh, the star, the char- star character from One Froggy Evening, the 1955 Chuck Jones short,
1: arguably the uh,
0: funniest cartoon short ever. Ever made. It, uh, it is the Citizen Kane of cartoon shorts, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, for whatever reason, uh, Warner Brothers as a studio decided to make that character the mascot of their network. I guess because he was like recognizable, but not so famous that they couldn't give him his own personality. Yeah, and then like you yeah. know, it's not—it's not like it's if you made, if you made
1: Bugs Bunny Mm-mm. like the face of the network. Hey, that probably would have been a really good idea. But like, let's put that aside for a second. Um, it seems like Bugs Bunny. It might seem like Bugs Bunny is slumming it. You might well, sound Bunny- like Bugs Bunny got like, Ugh, Bugs Bunny took this job. This is a good. This is a good gig for Michigan J Frog to get. Mm. It's a lame gig for Bugs Bunny to get. So if we're going in the realm of these characters are real mm. in Space Jam or Back in Action Rules,
0: <laughs> Michigan J Frog probably makes the most sense. And oh, uh, well, maybe they didn't choose Bugs Bunny because he was already on the like kids WB or not the like family. Warner Brothers logo. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, they didn't want people to think that it was a kiddie network. Kids WB was its own. You still entity.
1: have an animated frog in a they, top hat who dances. But he
0: was dancing next to like Tia and Tamara Maori and Mickey <laughs> Cox and you know the other other big, big stars okay, from but, the WB. If any of those stars did a scene with Bugs Bunny, they die of happiness. Of course they'd want to do that. Yeah, it's yeah. still cool. But yeah, the big shows from the the early days of the, the W B, sister sister, mm-hmm. they were twins get it? Yes. I guess that was the joke. Twin yeah. Sisters. Um, unhappily Ever After. Uh, which a, was
1: basically Married with Children
0: knockoff, but a pretty
1: funny one pretty, I've been researched. It, it was
0: in like cynicism overdrive and I kind of appreciated that. One of the characters had a, like a psychopathic disorder and oh. it manifested as like a talking puppet that only oh, yeah. he could see and the puppet was voiced by Bob Goldthwait. The, uh, the The episode
1: of that, I only saw a couple episodes of that, but I remember the mm. first time I saw an episode of that, the first thing I saw was a fourth wall joke, okay. which was actually really, really funny. It was they're all, in the, they're all in their kitchen. It's mm. a It's a set. Yeah. Um, And they're all in the kitchen and they're all seated around all like four sides of their table, which often you won't see in a sitcom because it means someone's back is to the audience. And the first line of the episode was the kid who's in the foreground saying, Uh, Dad,
0: why is my back to the audience? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, you know, this this is maybe a little too hip for the room, but that's pretty funny. Both Warner Brothers and Paramount launched their own networks the same year. This is 1995. And both of them crashed real hard. Mm-hmm. They were the WB, not so bad as UPN. WB, had a, WB- hit,
1: had a hit Saturday morning lineup, which I think helped them. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and a few hit like sitcoms and evening shows. Mm-hmm. And they they had like some dedicated like there people who would go to them for shows like. Seventh Heaven or Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They weren't hit shows, but they had a dedicated following. All Mm. UVN had, in terms of dedicated following, really, for the most part, was was Star Trek. Was Voyager, yeah. Um, And, yeah, they just couldn't sustain it based on the strength of only one or two shows Mm. that they had. Um, WB tried a whole bunch of things. They tried to be the sitcom network. Most Mm. of their sitcoms were okay. Um, They tried to be a family-friendly network. Everwood, that kind of thing. Think Everwood was them, right? Oh, uh, I think so. Uh,
0: but yeah, they, they it did they, okay.
1: Uh-huh. And then they finally found their niche, doing like hip stuff for kids or, or teenagers, uh, with the likes of Smallville
0: and Small Gilmore Girls, mm-hmm. uh, not Buffy, da- Dawson's Creek. These were all on the WBA.
1: Yeah, and when they fi- when they hit that stride, they really just kind of committed to it. Yeah, One um, Tree
0: Hill. That was also Roswell, mm-hmm. which moved to the UPN.
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot of their shows moved to the UPN yeah. and then the sh- and then eventually the networks just got shoved together and became the CW. Mm-hmm. And the CW to this day is still mostly like the cool kids station. They have all the great live action superhero shows right now, which mm-hmm. admittedly they're, they're pretty great. Um, but they also had stuff like the vampire diaries. You know, if you were cool and you were 15 years old, you watched the CW, that was your network. And it was a pretty good strategy. Yeah. And, and they have tried many, many times in the middle there to find other shows that hit that sweet
0: spot. Yeah. And we've reviewed a couple of them already. Yes, because Tarzan was a WB show. And that was another,
1: and, uh, awkward attempt. Yeah. Uh, uh, To make, you know, a
0: a hit sexy, you know, pop culture zeitgeisty phenomenon. Like, yeah, sexy teen romance soap opera drama, but with Tarzan in it. Not the worst idea, just didn't really particularly come together as a show. And and we've also done
1: Birds of Prey. That was a WB show. Oh, I forgot there was a Birds of Prey show. uh, That one mixed, but when it was good, it was really fun. It was pretty good. I liked the cast more than I liked the show. The cast was pretty solid, yeah. Um, And... uh, Today, we're here to talk about a show that is almost completely forgotten. Like, I totally... <laughs> no, nobody ever talks about this show. I totally forgot that this show existed. When I watched it, there was no sense of deja vu. Like, oh, I remember, I saw a bit of this. Or I remember seeing a commercial for this. Mm. It's all just like, nope, nothing. I was watching TV <laughs> when this was on. I cared about stuff that was on the WB when this was on.
0: And I have no memory of this program. And, and it... We watched episodes that didn't even air. So yeah. uh, this this one was one of the ones that was canceled halfway through the season. The, no one was grabbing onto this yeah. thing. It There's, is WB's version of Freaky Links <laughs> in many ways. Uh, and it's a little show called Dead Last.
1: Since the dawn of man, the amulet of Sorin has bestowed upon its possessor the power to see ghosts. This power is an awesome responsibility. And its possessors have forsaken all else to serve it faithfully in return.
0: Until now. You can't bust it. You can't burn it. You can't give it away. You can't swallow it. We're seeing ghosts. Yeah. Behold! The Amulet of Soren! Oh, ah! We're having a really
1: weird day. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. no. Ghosts. This is not happening. Oh, no!
0: So hey man, Dead Last man is like whatever man. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, those are that's those kind of reviews got Dead Last canceled. I guess so.
1: Uh, Dead Last <laughs> is a show about uh, a trio uh, of twenty somethings, very, uh, very 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 Gen Xy
0: twenty mm-hmm. something, very
1: cool chin strap mm. beards, and and like I'm too cool for this shirt, but I'm wearing this shirt. Shirts, yeah. um and they're oh, in a
0: post-post yeah. irony irony. They're uh, in a yeah. band
1: called The Problem, <laughs> and uh, they're a reasonably successful band. They're they're on tour, you know. They're selling CDs, but they're not actually successful. Um, and it follows them on their tour, along their travels. They encounter a magical amulet, the Eye of Sauron, which is different from the Eye of Sauron because there's a Y instead of an O. Um, At least that's my understanding That's how that's spelled Um, And by possessing between the three of them The Eye of Sorin uh, They have the ability to see and talk to ghosts Only they can do this And ghosts are as you can imagine Kind of everywhere Yeah, Like wherever they go And they're always sort of surprised that anyone can see and talk to them So they have a responsibility As the keepers Mm. of this amulet They have a responsibility to help ghosts out, help them find their way back to the afterlife by resolving whatever they didn't get resolved when they were alive.
0: In the second episode, uh, they're in New York, so there's a lot of ghosts around, and it is a really efficient way to humorously explain the rules to us. Yeah because one ghost figures out that these guys can see them. It's like, hey, these guys can help us, and we can move on to the other side. All the ghosts start flocking in, so it's like, okay, you guys, you gotta wait in line. Look. I love love it. There's a shot before they get to Mm -hmm. that point where just one of them is
1: talking to somebody, and then you see one of the other ones, like, running in the background, and it's like a hard day's night behind them. Ghosts (laughs) try to chase them down, and they say, finally, fine, 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 but we gotta get organized. Mm -hmm. Everyone get in a line. We're gonna do everything we can, and that episode is great because because... <laughs> you see just how easy it is for a lot of them. There's one guy in particular, my favorite ghost. Was this the guy who invented jazz? Yeah, the guy who invented jazz <laughs> is really funny. They finally get to the guy there's a guy there and he's, this, he's this, this old jazz musician and he's just like I invented jazz and I didn't get any credit for it. No one cared. And he's like, well I don't know what I can do about that. Hey everybody, this guy
0: invented jazz! And, everybody and all the ghosts them, are like, yay! Yeah, right. And then he just vanishes. <laughs> he's <laughs> and like, said, yay! <laughs> okay, I got some recognition. All I wanted. <laughs> I, well, and, and that's what I love. You know, you, they're, It's not so portentous and heavy. It's like, I have to reconcile with you know, somebody I had estranged. That's this mm. big emotional journey. Well, it some, is occasionally. Sometimes it's that, yeah. But often, more often than not, it's like little stuff. There's one where a butler thinks the hotel isn't being run very well. So all that <laughs> needs to be done is you have to write a very angry letter to the current management and he vanishes. That's it. <laughs> uh, and, and I think... That's kind of true to life. The things that we like are hanging on to right at the ends of our lives mm-hmm. is petty shit well I think we, I
1: think here's my thing with this. I think by making this not like you know they have to summon a ghost or anything they just mm-hmm. run into people every single day. there's actually a really kind of sharp uh uh almost thoughtful they don't really get into it very much, but there's almost this thoughtful idea of. What if they're not ghosts? What if just people went around and wherever they went, if people were in trouble or needed some help, we just helped them. Mm. And a lot of the time, the help is relatively easy. Mm. Uh, sometimes it's complicated. Sometimes it's mega complicated. Sometimes it's dark. Sometimes it's hilarious. But basically, it's just here are a bunch of people who are they're in a band. All they care about is their fame and their celebrity and being hot and young. And
0: and then well, they're, and, and they're, they're, they're they're forced. 20. They're twenty one. They're they're yeah. kind. They're deliberately very callow. Like yeah. as characters, they're written that way.
1: Well, they talk about it in that credit sequence. That we heard, we basically you know you're, the people, the keepers of the amulet, are supposed to like dedicate their whole lives to this. They're still in a band. They still mm. travel the country in a van. It's a perfectly good way to like get them That's... from different places. But like by the fact that they're in a van, trying to perpetuate and 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 make the most of their music career. They're a little selfish, and they're not going to like become monks who only help ghosts for their living. (laughs) They actually, you know, this is—it's always an inconvenience, but they always find themselves because in the in the end, mostly. They're decent people,
0: mm. you
1: know, or the, at least like they least, they would grow into it after a while. They, they're forced they ha- to grow into well, it now.
0: They, they hate it, and yeah. they're open about how much they hate it. It's often a but major they, inconvenience. But yeah. they still do it. And it, the show, is actually, I think, strikes a really great tone with the, the three lead characters. Mm-hmm. Now, the three lead characters... Yeah, let's talk about Well, them. first, let's get uh, a few of the stats.
1: Okay. okay, here here, stats. here are the stats. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Dead Last aired from August 14th through September 25th, 2001 they took a week off in the middle there because they were preempted by
0: Mm
1: -hmm. 9-11 and i'm gonna say this right now probably this show about funny ghosts Mm. and like kids wandering around new york solving ghost problems probably wasn't what people wanted to see in september of 2001 yeah i can see
0: why maybe this was a case of bad timing also was the wb and nothing on wb had good ratings it, and and this wasn't the one that was going to pull people up out of the doldrums you know the, the 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 world was in shock a lot of entertainments really suffered yeah. because people were focused on other things Um, so uh, So there's a lot of things that just got started airing right before mm 9-11 and was cancelled right after Uh, it was created by three
1: people there's a lot of people here but uh, Steve Pink Mm -hmm. and D.V. DeVincentis uh, they worked on a lot of stuff they co-wrote Gross Point Blank and High Fidelity Yeah, two scripts which are arguably great Uh, Steve Pink went on to make such films as Hot Tub Time Machine which is really really funny Um, (laughs) and also The Surprise surprisingly good remake of about last night. I didn't starring, see that. I heard it was good. Yeah. With, with Kevin Hart and um mm. oh, that guy from almost human. Oh, Michael Ely, Michael Ely. The, yeah. The, that's world, a, the
0: world's handsomest man. That's a,
1: that's a pretty charming, very smart, like mm. romantic comedy drama, and I wish more people had seen it. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to give a shout out to About Last Night. Everyone did a good job on that one. Uh, um, a lot of the also, episodes, however, yeah, real fast. Uh, they also, the other creator was Patrick O'Neill, whose whose biggest other credit is Night and Day, the James Mangold, Tom Cruise, Cameron oh, okay. Diaz uh, spy comedy, which is also quite underrated. I feel. I think it's a funny, uh, it's, it's okay. I think it's, it's a it's, funny it's, film. It's a smart premise. It's Not right
0: for rediscovery, but you won't hate yourself if, for watching. If it. If you
1: watch that movie, you'll say to yourself, "Oh, this is oh, so it's the James Bond movie, but from entirely from the." perspective of the bond girl.
0: Yeah. That's cute. It's a cute it's, idea. It, it yeah. comes together well. It's fine. It's perfectly um, good movie. But you know, Steve Pink has sort of a a little bit of a quirky imprimatur He, mm-hmm. you know, he's done Hot Tub Time Machine. That's a weird idea. Uh but they st- J. Elvis Weinstein ended up doing a lot of this show. He ended up writing a lot. Um I think more than one episode was directed by um Bob Balaban. Oh, one episode was directed by Well, Bob. Oh, one okay. Yeah. So least, the episode in
1: Laughlin, Nevada, which is one of the
0: good ones. <laughs> so there, there were, and Dave Gruber Allen is in that one, of course. Of course uh, he who plays a corpse in a trunk? Dave Gruber, you won.
1: you know him if you if you've seen him. You're yeah. gonna see like, oh, that guy, Dave Gruber, which is one of the one of the like the stealthy funny men. He was probably best known to a lot of people as the Guidance Counselor on Freaks and Geeks.
0: Yeah. And that was probably uh, his best known role. If, if you're here in L.A. and you've been to one of the... If you're lucky enough to have gone to one of like the Cinematic Titanic or uh, Mystery Science Theater reunions, he was always there. He was the host because he was friends with all those guys. Yeah, uh, It's kind of odd that he's never been asked to write or be on that show. He was always sort of like a hanger-on. Uh, he, he has said this, and I have no reason to, to dispute this, that his one major contribution to culture is... Uh, in the early days of Mystery Science Theater, they were saying, well, we need to sell this, but Mystery Science Theater 3000 is a long title, so we're going to abbreviate it to MST3T. And he said, why not call it MST3K? That's a little better. Mm. That was Dave Guber-Allen. That <laughs> was one claim to fame. It was a smart move. It was a smart move, and I, I think people with ideas like that are unsung. I think so. Mm.
1: People just like, it was my idea to call them McNuggets. Yeah. Like yeah. something like that, you know? Instead uh, of like,
0: you know, well done it. Yeah.
1: Drop the the. Just Facebook. It's cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, let's talk about uh, our cast. Uh, our main cast, there are four main cast members. mm uh, there are the three members of the band and their manager. Uh, the members of the band are Jane Cahill, played by Sarah Downing, who I really like in this show. And I was surprised to discover she hasn't had like that like lengthy mm-hmm. a career. She doesn't have as many credits on IMDb as you yeah. might think. Uh, but she had roles in Roswell um, and that vampire movie, which was fine, The Forsaken.
0: Oh, it's like I, a road I, trip I, vampire I, movie. I, I think I saw that. Imagine, I do really
1: remember. Imagine uh, Joyride, but Rusty Nail is a vampire. Yeah. That's basically what Forsaken was.
0: Not bad. And wasn't there just like a woman passed out in the back seat for most of the movie? Something like that? I'm, I'm yeah. hazy. I'm, 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 <laughs> I, I have seen it. I barely yeah. remember
1: it. She also did a horror movie called Rats, which is apparently about rats. Ah, uh, rats. Uh, the no, it's about Charles Schultz. So she's the bass player. The lead huh? singer slash lead guitarist is Vaughn Parrish,
0: which is such a fake movie name. Okay. Well, uh, but the, the actor's name is Ket so I, I'm I don't know which is worse there
1: Ket uh, Turton is one of those guys you're gonna be like where do I know him mm. and you know him from Uva Bowl's Columbine movie Heart of America which is worse than it sounds. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's really, no. it's a huge, yes, it's, gross. oh my gosh,
1: There's actually one impressive shot. Like Uva Boll actually does like one of those like really long, uh-huh. uh, steady cam gets on a crane, goes over across the block kind of thing. There's only one like pretty okay. good opening shot, uh-huh. but the movie is just gross and tone deaf and okay. despicable.
0: I'm looking at Ket Turton's filmography and I'm yeah. just going to read the first names of the people he's played. Darren Skid, Greg Clive, Gavin, Joe Tom, (laughs) Mitch Kenner, Hank Jackson, Dingo Buck, Vel Rondanella, and Brandt.
1: Yeah, so, sounds all right.
0: So he's got the face of a douchebag. He
1: kind of does, and he plays him a lot. <laughs> he played the douchebag director and the Danny DeVito bitten wiener dog. That's right. <laughs> um, I think that was him. But like, yeah, he he was really good in that. Uh, he was in Kingdom Hospital, which we might cover on this show at some point. And, um, um, and he also had a recurring role on I Zombie, a show that I fell out of, but was a good show.
0: Okay,
1: um, I like the first couple of seasons. Um, and then finally, their drummer mm. Scotty is played by Tyler Labine. And
0: Tyler, he, And he's the funny guy.
1: Tyler Labine well, they're, they're all is, kind uh, of
0: the funny ones. They
1: all are, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's, the, he's probably the least mature one. Mm. Um, Tyler Labine, you know him from the really excellent horror comedy, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, <laughs> which if you haven't seen it yet, trust us, it's, it's, really it's really good, really,
0: really funny.
1: Um, but he was recently—he was in Escape Room. He's one of the voices on uh, Netflix's Voltron. Uh, we ran into him. He had a very small role in the failed TV pilot for Generation X, which we reviewed a few months ago. Who
0: was he in Generation X? He was in the arcade. Oh, okay. It's just one of the kids.
1: Um, he was on the uh, short-lived, lost knockoff Alien Invasion uh, series Invasion, which we want to mm-hmm. get to at some point as well. He's also interesting because he's starred in two other. Short-lived, but not as short-lived as this, hmm. TV shows in which he could talk to ghosts. How odd. <laughs> yeah, he was also in Deadbeat, which was on Hulu, in which mm-hmm. he played a guy who could talk to ghosts and it was kind of annoying. And, I, I, I remember the ads for that one. And he was also, he was like the second or third lead on a pretty good CW show called Reaper.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Um, which also co-starred what uh, uh, guy from Twin Peaks, who's in the show. Kyle McLaughlin. No, no, maybe? the guy's in this show. Oh. Like, he plays uh, uh, Jane's father.
0: Oh, Ray Wise. Ray Wise, thank All you. Right.
1: I, I just spaced on it. I thought you'd remember it faster than I right. Yeah. he Yeah, uh, Ray Wise would, is in Reaper. He plays the devil, and he enlists a teenager to be a reaper and like bring in like lost demons and such. Mm. And Tyler Bean is like his best friend who joins him on All that right. journey. That's a fun
0: show. And if you get a chance to watch <laughs> that, it lasted two seasons, oh. but that's a really fun show. Yeah. You know what else is a fun show? Dead Last is a fun show. I mostly this dug is, this, yeah. yeah th- this is... Um, I feel like we've seen this sort of premise before from Hanna-Barbera a lot. Teen rock band is also blank. You know, it's also, also solving mysteries. Yeah, all, yeah. So, and, but I like that it's set in 2001, so we're still sort of in that post-90s, super, you know, pre-911, like super ironic period where everything was just sort of snarked at. Mm-hmm. We were still still in this place where we're trying to deconstruct genre. And I feel like this was a rebuke of Hanna Barbera stuff. It's like, okay, what if the band like they they had this extraordinary power, but the band were like. the the most like obnoxiously shallow people you can imagine. Yeah. They had
1: absolutely no desire to do Mm -hmm. any of this. And literally the only reason half of the episodes, the only reason they get involved is because the ghosts promise to annoy them until they do something. Yeah.
0: Like in in one episode, uh, it turns out when a body is decomposing, the ghost also like emits an odor uh, and the ghost is following them around into clubs. Like, okay, I I dig your music, but man, you guys smell. And it's like, I'll, I'll leave if you help me. I know a smell. I'll just follow you around. But well, also, the ghosts like are like
1: linger as ghosts with whatever they're wearing, which is really awkward. When one of them was naked,
0: yeah, and he's just killed like,
1: himself in a hotel room. Yeah, and it's like, well, is there anything you would have done differently? Well, I wouldn't have killed myself naked because this is awkward. <laughs> um, but uh, there's another guy who uh, he was a he was a bounty hunter, his process server, mm. and uh, um, he died like with his gun on him, and so he's he can't shoot anything. The ghosts can't touch anything. If they're really angry, they might be able to poltergeist. Something. Something like not something yeah, across yeah. the room, but mostly they're just fandoms. Um, but they can see and hear him, and they can hear the noise when he shoots a gun. So <laughs> he's just like, "I have unlimited ammunition. I'll just keep doing this until you do what I gotta do." They're like, "Okay, fine. <laughs> I can't hurt anything, but blam, blam, blam." Ah. Pretty funny, damn it. Mm. Um, so in the first episode, uh, they're, they're, oh, I'm sorry, the other, the other McCassumer, I almost forgot. Oh, it's was the, uh, their, yeah, their agent. Uh, Dennis, or their, their manager. Their manager, Dennis Budney, played by uh, Wayne Perret, I think is how you pronounce it. Mm. Um, he has a lot of bit roles in cool stuff. Like, you would have seen him in a small role in Galaxy Quest. Uh, he was in, he played um, one of the famous hackers in Pirates of Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. Um, He was in The Big Short. He was in uh, one of the Fantastic Four movies. He was in Spider-Man Homecoming. Apparently, he's a series regular or like continuing character on the Hulu series Cloak and Dagger, which I heard is good. Okay. Um, Good for him. Um, And he is the... Uh, uh, he's the warrior. He can't see the ghost. He wasn't there when they got the amulet. Mm. But it, uh, it's
0: curious that that all three of them have the ghost seeing powers, no matter who's holding the amulet. Like they discovered it together. Uh-huh. So now all three of them can see ghosts no matter where they are. The idea so is, e- each of them there's usually like three stories simultaneously. In which, fact. which
1: makes it very breathless and fun. Mm. <clears throat> the The gag is this there's the amulet, and again, if you wield the amulet, if you own the amulet, Uh, You see ghosts, but you don't have to necessarily have it in your hand to see them. If you are the current possessor of it, nothing can make you not the possessor unless you die. So there's actually a fun bit in, I think it's the first episode, where Tyler Labine uh, tries to sell it to a pawn shop, and then he gets the money, and then he walks out, and it's still in his pocket, and he keeps the cash and just sells it to every pawn shop in town. <laughs> just to get the money. Because they, there's, they're always stuck with it. There's nothing mm. they can do. And that in the opening, and they never really bring it up after the first episode, but the opening credits talks about how we can't destroy it. We can't mm. drown
0: it. We can't swallow it. There's well, nothing they, we can do. They, to they try gi- he tries giving it away to some uh, skater kids, and they don't, like, something happens where they just refuse it. Like, they can't take it from him yeah. in the first episode. I, I think it's just to establish the premise. It's mm-hmm. like, we're stuck with it. Well, why don't you just throw it in a river? Well, yeah, why
1: can't you give it to someone well, else? Literally can't. It's magical. It's, yeah. it's ours until we mm. die. And they meet the ghost of the previous holder, who explains the rules to them, uh, gives them the gist of it, and then that's it. Now I'm I'm clear. I did everything mm. I got to do. Um, and yeah, so they're they're trapped with this. And I guess when you wield the amulet, there's like some sort of like magical spell or something because like they drive through a magical cloud, and everyone who was in the van mm. has the powers right. at that point. So. That's a little wonky that all three of them get it. I don't care because it's all—they're all really fun characters. <laughs> um, so yeah, in the pilot episode, uh, we meet that we meet that pilgrim who uh, had the who had mm-hmm. the thingy, um, and they solve some problems. And, well, they uh, they, yeah. they
0: explain the premise like they get the amulet in the first episode. It, they fall through the floor in a club they're playing, and it's down there. That's how they get it. Mm-hmm. Um, in the second episode, we brushed on it already, they start figuring out sort of the mechanics of how they help ghosts and how the ghosts work. Yeah. Second episode, so, they
1: go to New York, <clears throat> and they're they going to play at a club called Heebie-Jeebies, which is different from CBGBs, from CBGB's, CBGB's. because at the end of this episode, they blow up Heebie-Jeebies, <laughs> and we can't do that to CBGBs. Mm. Um, well, I suppose they could have, but that, that, that's...
0: <laughs> Uh, maybe a little too punk rock. <laughs> also, also, again, couple
1: of weeks before nine
0: eleven. Yeah, well, awkward. Yeah. Well, it was before. No, we didn't know. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying, it wouldn't. It probably wouldn't. You probably
1: could never have repeated that episode. Well, that's true. Um, but uh, yeah, so they go to New York. They're really excited to play at this club. But every time they're about to play at the club, some shit happens, and they all start uh, running around. My favorite subplot in this one is actually Tyler Labine uh, is accosted by a guy who desperately wants him to rent a video.
0: Yeah. That, well,
1: that, that, that's sort of the A story. The A story is Tyler Levine yeah. it is, like, there's a ghost who's, like, he can't, like, he can't be put to rest until someone rents a mm. really crappy fiction. What's it called again? Like, Chasing the uh, Mayor? It's was,
0: it was called, uh, Who's the Mayor? Who's the Mayor? Yeah. It's, it's, it's,
1: apparently, it's this notorious bomb a la Ishtar, um... And no one ever rents it. In fact, when Tyler Bean says, hey, I'd like to rent, who's the mayor? The people are like, why? It's so bad. Um, and it turns out he needs And this to- was
0: 2001. There were still video stores,
1: guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They, they lasted longer than you think. It turns out he uh, got screwed over by the video store. They put a whole bunch of late fees in his account, which weren't real. Hmm. And he started getting harassed by creditors. And uh, he nothing he could do could stop it. And out of frustration, he put an explosive device in the video cassette for who's the mayor that would be that would go off at a certain time or if anyone ever played it. And when he's dead, he's just like, I can't live with that on my conscience. I need to rescue people from that video. And
0: and it, it points out something that's very urgent about this show. You would think, okay, you can solve you can solve the problems of ghosts, and you would think if you're solving the problem of a ghost, they would have died decades ago. And you yeah, know, I think some of start- them have. Some of them have. It, they, they run into one that has been in, in a basement for like a century, mm. but for for the most part, a lot of these people have died recently. In some cases, like that day.
1: Yeah, it's like, they meet uh, someone, and then that person shows up again later, and they realize no one else can see them, and they're like, like, "Oh, you're a ghost oh, now. You,
0: you died now." And. The problems they have to solve, ha- solve have ticking clocks. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I planted a bomb when I was alive yesterday, <laughs> and now I need to take care of this right now, and I can't. It's kind of important. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, kind of a big fucking deal. It's like if, if it's like you need to clear my browser history, please. You know, it's, it's all really, it's all really urgent stuff. <laughs> And I think I, I appreciate... But there are a
1: lot of ghosts with that anxiety right that, like oh, well, that right well, now. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah.
0: And, uh, <laughs> but I really, really appreciate that because it's not so much about, you know, going... Uh, as much as I appreciate, you know, going through old libraries and looking through old books, that would have gotten really old real fast. Mm-hmm. No, I'm impressed with the amount of variety that got out of this, especially yeah, yeah, considering
1: yeah. how, again, all three of them can see ghosts, and most episodes involve each one of them going off on their own adventure, at least for some of it. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, very often
0: each character has their own ghost that they're helping.
1: Yeah, and they crisscross and they run back into each other's lives and sometimes they like meet up again in unexpected ways with other ghosts. But yeah, it's basically just all three of them go off on their own little adventure, and most of the Avengers are pretty clever. I think they prove very early on. This is one of the dangers when you do a like a high concept show like this, mm. and we've seen it on this show many times, when it seems like they're already out of ideas mm-hmm. halfway through the first season. Here Oh, they clearly have ideas. They have a clearly, lot of ideas. They, clearly, they have so many ideas, they, they, they can barely fit them all in. <laughs> and
0: they turn even mundane not, ideas into something exciting a lot and, of the and time. And it's not so frantic. I mean, like it, It's just fast-paced. Yeah, it's kind of than, screwball. Yeah, yeah. A little yeah. screwball. Yeah. Like, well, one of the ghosts, uh, this was another story I really appreciated. Um, you uh, oh, gosh, going to have to help me out here. Um, Jane. Jane, (laughs) Yeah, okay. Think of the character's name. I could have told you that. Jane was in a a bar. I think it was in, was it in Cincinnati? I don't, you gotta have to, I don't know. She was in a bar and uh, there were a lot of hockey players on the wall. It was during the hockey playoffs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a guy in there missing teeth. He's like, ah, I should be up on that wall. It turns out he's a dead hockey player who has this really notorious reputation for accidentally scoring against his own team. But everyone thinks he did it on purpose. And everybody thinks he did it on purpose to throw the game and everybody hates him. Him. So everybody at this local bar, it's just like a a couple of barflies mm-hmm. think he's h- horrendous, and the, the guy needs to look good to the barflies. That's mm. his that's his life goal mm-hmm. is to have his picture up on the wall in a bar. He
1: just wants his reputation to be okay. Mm. That's like he, all he, he was asked. a
0: really great player, but he did this one thing and he made everybody in town cry because they're, they're the, the <laughs> town made lost children, their match. Other ghosts are mad at him. Yeah, which you, I think is really you made funny. children cry. <laughs> Um, That's the, oh, and that was the episode where um, uh, Scotty ran into a, essentially Shaft. Oh, that's a fun <laughs> that's one. That's a really fun episode.
1: <laughs> All right, but let's we'll, we'll get there in a minute. The third episode is Death is in the Air. This is the one where Scotty is on a plane and a ghost of a pilot or a technician uh, tells him that there's something wrong with the plane and it's something that they can't prove because the problem is in the warning lights. Ah. So he needs him to convince the pilots that there's something wrong with the plane so that everyone on the plane won't die and the only to way to convince do- them to to turn off the autopilot and fly it themselves and they don't want to do that yeah of course not and uh because he sounds like a crazy person he has no evidence he has no expertise and the only way to get out of this uh is to look like he's hijacking the plane again a couple of weeks yeah. before 9-11, 9-11. this <laughs> episode was never gonna air again
0: uh, <laughs> we can watch it now and it's a l- we're okay it, it's, now. it's fine now it's but, fine
1: yeah. now but like yeah in context that's 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 pretty heavy. Mm. That's that's, that's a lot. It reminds me of one of the first episodes of Supernatural, which is also a... I think it was a WB show before it was a CW show, but certainly it's a CW show now. One of the first episodes of Supernatural was uh, they had to perform an exorcism in the middle of like a commercial flight. (laughs)
0: That's fun. (laughs) Which was
1: pretty cool, actually. (laughs) It was a really good one. Um, So Scotty is really, really screwed. His sister is played by Busy Phillips.
0: Yeah, who's... Uh, Tagged along on the the plane ride, unbeknownst to him. Yeah,
1: a fair number of recognizable faces from Freaks and Geeks are in this. Mm. Um, She's great. She actually talks about like how like she wanted to like come along for the ride, and I kind of wished she would. Well, I I was looking for a minute that
0: she was going to be a regular on the show, but she's not. She's just on the one episode. It's it's a
1: shame because I I I really dig her. I think she's great. And
0: in this episode, there's a callback to who's the mayor. Yeah. yeah I said why don't you go back to your seat we're showing a movie it's Who's the Mayor it's really funny
1: <laughs> yeah Who's the Mayor becomes like a slightly uh, mm. a, a something of a running joke also in this episode another big uh, uh, cameo from someone who I don't think was famous yet uh, Polly Peretti from uh, uh, Polly Perrette
0: is it Perrette? yeah I think so
1: okay well regardless she was the breakout character on NCIS mm. um, and the, she,
0: the, the goth hacker yeah. yeah you'll see her on the yeah, cover yeah. of
1: every home video release or like mm. thumbnail of it because she's A. she's very attractive B. she's mm. She's, she's very really striking. She's very striking. She's yeah. got this punk, this like goth punk look, and no one else on the show has that. And she's a fun character on that show. Um, and she plays a reporter who is investigating quite reasonably why this somewhat popular band has missed like half their tour dates. <laughs> like something's going on, and they can't really explain why and like oh we have a coffin in our van because we have to rebury someone where they wanted mm-hmm. to be buried <laughs> and they have to keep distracting oh, her w-
0: was that the one where uh they had to reunite the teen lovers is that, it? That i think it might have been yeah there was a, there's a couple a, because a teen, there's so teenage, many subplots yeah. some of
1: these kind of bleed together in our memories
0: yeah but uh in in one subplot and i think that might have been this episode yeah mm-hmm. um jane and vaughn are on the ground. And there's this uh, this teenage girl ghost who says, I, I need you to read... She's like a, a Bobby Soxer from the 50s. Yeah. It's like, I, I never got to sort of see the end of my romance with my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And he died shortly thereafter, so there's nothing I can really do. And they said, well, what do we need to do? Well, we need, we've need we always promised we'd be buried together. You need to bury us together. So they have to exhume him... Or no, they have to exhume her... Yeah. And bring her body to where his body is buried. Yeah. And... In in what I thought was one of the funniest gags on this show, they put the coffin in the back of their van. The ghost is in the van with them and they get out to where he's been buried. It's been turned into like a, a parking lot now. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, we don't know where the body has been moved. You just have to start doing some more investigation. So sorry about that. And the ghost of the teenage boy is there in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. And she runs out. And she's like, Bobby, I'm so glad. It's like, oh, and Nat, I'd love to see you. And they hug each other and they vanish and they're like, OK, that was great and they look over their shoulders they have this whole body in the back of their car they end up shoving it into a dumpster and it doesn't <laughs> fit just, so it's just hanging out throw it out that's a fun one that's hilarious
1: I really liked uh, uh, <laughs> again there's so many mm-hmm. like they find so many different stories to tell here there's a really fun one uh, might be my favorite episode it's called mm-hmm. The Mulravian Candidate oh, uh, there's a fictional mm-hmm. country it's like one of those countries in the Hallmark movies where there's mm-hmm. always a prince okay uh,
0: uh, L- little bit of it aside i really really hate that i hate when they make up countries yeah are you do you assume that americans are so ignorant about basic geography that you won't notice when you make up a fucking country? What
1: I want to do, I've always wanted to do this, and I would have neither the time, uh-huh. patience, nor uh, topographical know-how. Mm-hmm. I want to come up with the map of Europe that includes all these fictional countries. All of countries. the fictional countries. like Everything from, like, the Christmas Prince oh, and, like, mo- this episode. of this. I just want to know, like, because well, most was of the, them can't be much bigger than Vatican City at this point.
0: Yeah, but it, it would be, like, this weird puzzle. It's like, yeah. Hun- Hungary's gone. It's just, like, a thousand pieces where yeah. Hungary used to be. Estonia
1: is now just... Est- now because oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we had what to was the country their... from
0: the princess diaries it was like oh, God. germania like, or, or something G- they Geno- all sound genovia they all sound like that, genovia
1: yeah. was from uh uh avengers age of ultron oh that was genovia The, the Genovia yeah. accords is
0: that, it genovia no it's Genovia. sokovia sokovia, sokovia. that's a yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah the fake country in the avengers sokovia right shut up <laughs> look i've looked at a map before <laughs> I know that's not I real. Mean, a part of me, a part of me you just can just make. You can make up people. That's fine. I, I think, don't. I don't know everybody, but I know a map. It was a fictional <laughs> country in Roman Holiday, right? No, I think it was just.
1: It was. was it was Roman. It was a Roman. No, holiday. No, but she was visiting Rome. It was a holiday in Rome. She wasn't from Rome. She wasn't the
0: princess of Rome. Oh, wasn't she from Monaco? Was she from Monaco? I think so. I, I think don't, is know
1: Monaco is small enough. I think most people think there's just a million Monacos out there. And they're yeah. all those really wealthy. And they have just enough people in there to count as subjects. <laughs> uh, basically, it's just rich people who mm. convinced the help that they're mm. citizenry and not like well, their working class it, wage it, units. It, it's
0: a way of having fun royal characters without really jeopardizing the actual politics of a real nation. Exactly. I don't see why you can't just say, you know, the king of a country that actually has a kingdom. Yeah, well, in
1: any case, they came up with a a fictional country of Mulravia. In the beginning of the episode, the prince of Mulravia, who is... They're not deposed. They're still technically in charge, but they're Mm -hmm. so unpopular they don't live in the country anymore. Right. Um, He is killed. He's Mm -hmm. assassinated uh, in his limousine, and he finds our heroes and wants them to help him sort out his crap and scotty ends up impersonating the prince <laughs> and at first he's just sort of yeah, getting and, and off since, on since just, the
0: dead prince is standing right next to him he can just sort of feed him information yeah, all,
1: all the little details you need to prove you were the real guy they don't really look alike but they could be brothers so yeah, yeah okay
0: both white guys close
1: enough the dude's not quite famous enough everyone has a photograph of them of, of him mm-hmm. memorized in 2001 And over the course of the episode, uh, Scotty realizes that he has a unique opportunity to fix this country... Mm. And so they end well, he, up. He, he ends up going to the Moldavian consulate, and there's a guy there who's really frustrated and hates the prince and tells them all the horrible politics. And Scott is just like, "Wait, what's actually wrong with it?" And he's well, like, what "Well,
0: would, what would you do to fix it?"
1: And he's ra- like, well, "Random I, guy, uh, Well, I, if you're interested, I actually have all these plans, Your Highness." And he's just like, "Well, we can do all this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> actually really funny. Why not?" And uh, they end up like. They're getting all of their money from Turkey because Turkey's built an oil pipeline through their country, so it's Eastern Europe.
1: And all they have to do is just say, we'll we'll just turn the oil pipeline off in our country, and Turkey's just like, oh, okay, how much money do you want? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Vaughn... Mm. Vaughn has met a very attractive waitress and they hit it off and they have great mm. sex, apparently. Um, and then he wakes up and the principal from the breakfast club is looking at him. <laughs> and at first, I thought she was supposed to be like her dad or something, mm. but it turns out he's, he's a, a dead CIA agent. Yeah, who is convinced that the woman that Vaughn just slept with, Paul Gleason, Paul Gleason Paul is convinced him. that the woman Vaughn slept with is an assassin. <laughs> And Vaughn just doesn't believe it, and he's just like, "No, listen, she's going to ask you for a favor. Don't do it. Whatever you do, don't do it." Hey, would you mind delivering something
0: to my uncle for me? <gasps> sure, mm-hmm. yeah, it's but fun. it's they're they're totally innocuous favors. It's yeah. like, hey, could you deliver this like this bottle of pills or something? Yeah, it's always it's, it's, it's something that's actually like really helpful that somebody might actually ask you yeah, to do. It, it, and most of it
1: is actually has nothing to do with anything. Turns out she actually does like him. And was just interested in dating him. And also she was an assassin. (laughs) Yeah, that's the double twist. (laughs) And she's been hired to kill
0: Scotty (laughs) who's because he's playing the prince. Well, (coughs) she she was successful, but Mm. because Scotty was posing as the prince, she thought she was unsuccessful. So she had to go back and give it another go.
1: And in the end, it's like it, it falls to her. She has to like... Do Scotty a solid, and like he has to do Vaughn a solid and save his life and everything like that. And I got the impression that although she wouldn't be a regular, she might be a recurring character. Like she <laughs> might just come in at some point when they need to know, you know an assassin. I, I because kind of at the end, she's like she beats up a whole bunch of people and just says, "Tell Vaughn to call me."
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's really cute. It's a cute uh, show. It was a cute episode. Well, I, I, and by now we're in sort of a, we've solidly established the tone that would carry through that anything can happen on the show. Yeah. I, and what I admire is that it never felt cutesy or contrived. And when it was, they were really self-aware about it. Mm. It was sort of a fun globe trekking show. I feel like this is something that modern TV has lost. Everything's really earnest. And uh, if you want to have... An ep- like an episodic show where every episode takes place in a new location and there's like a different tone or a different genre they're even tackling. Mm-hmm. They're usually re- like, they have to somehow bake that into the premise a little bit too solidly.
1: Yeah. they they get like, stuck
0: really, really quick. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. everything's I, like gotta this, be this, this, we're always with the band. They're always really kind of detached. So when we're, they're sort of embroiled in this spy plot, we can just enjoy how silly that is. Mm-hmm. And when we never mention spies again, it's okay. <laughs> it's like, hey, remember a few weeks ago when we are in the spy plot? This is episodic TV. We're back at square one in every episode. We're Okay. Now we can have the old West episode. <laughs> There's no Old West episode. No. There, no.
1: The, I th- they have, they'd have to go to a ghost town full of actual ghosts. And it would be yeah, a bustling yeah. metropolis. They'd have to do that. Eventually.
0: They'd have to. So they didn't actually do that, but yeah.
1: Alright, uh, so the next episode. Unfortunately some of these titles are kind of vague and I didn't take the best notes. Mm. And this one's called The Trouble With The Problem with Corruption. Okay. Cool. Does that ring any bells? Like, is any of them the was like, particularly cro- oh, corrupt? Oh, this was the Ray Wise episode, wasn't it? This no, is- that was way later. Because the Ray Wise later one was the one uh, with mm. uh, uh, Jane's father. Yeah. And that was that was later on. Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah, because that one was uh, 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 Jane's exit.
0: Oh, you're right. Yeah, that okay. was like
1: second, third to last episode. Mm. Um Okay, so we fucked up. Uh, <laughs> we should have taken better notes. I rather thought usually oh, the this, this is clear the one, Oh,
0: this is uh, the the one that took place in the Chicago jail with the corrupt cops. Oh and, yeah, and yeah 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 mm, okay. There are some corrupt cops, and he met the ghost of a cop that had been killed by the corrupt cops, and they had and he had to pose as a criminal and like make in make in with the corrupt cops to sort of undo their. Well, he had to, it was a very heavy sort of like. Not dour, but a, a little bit more serious, a crime story. Vaughn, Vaughn had to do that.
1: Yeah, okay, I remember. So what happened was Vaughn got a ticket for reckless driving, because mm-hmm. uh, they were distracted by a ghost, and the police arrested them. And uh, they're only passing through Chicago, so he's got to get this taken care of really, really quick. So he goes to the courthouse, and at the courthouse, he runs into the ghost of a
0: lawyer. Mm-hmm, played by Jeff Garland, who is? I think it's Jeff Garland. Jeff Garland,
1: um, and he just explains them. Here's how you get your uh, oh. your. Uh, your ticket taken care of on the
0: sly really, really yeah, quickly. Like, like fold fold some money into the ticket and just hand it to the judge and you'll go. Yeah, And he's like, well, okay, lawyer, I guess you know best, which you know, yeah. clearly is bribing the judge. This is a crime. Oh, yeah, totally. But yeah, he, because he's a shiftless idiot, Yeah, <laughs> that's his character. Uh, uh, he, uh,
1: he ends up being arrested by FBI agents who are investigating corruption in Chicago. No, it, and it's
0: it's um, internal affairs agents. He's
1: arrested re- 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 by, yeah. re- re- by internal affairs and in order to get out of it, Jeff Garland just says, tell him you're an undercover fed. It's like they'll never, they'll never believe that. What are you talking? They've, they, they can't like call the feds. They'll disvalue. So like it's a bulletproof. Lie and he's like, okay, fine. I'm an undercover cop, and the cop's I'm like, like I, I knew it. I knew it. it.
0: Arr, we can't do anything.
1: Uh, meanwhile, like, uh, yeah, I'm
0: undercover as a band, so they they let him just play his gig.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty cute episode. And then uh, also we run into uh, Richard Brooks, great actor. Richard Brooks. He was on Firefly. Uh, he was the mm. bad guy in The Crow, City of Angels. He was. He's. He's. I just always like him. He's a really good presence. Mm. And he plays a 1970s cool like Shaft type cop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who is still in the middle of, like, his last big case. Mm. And uh, Scotty ends up helping him solve that case. And, yeah, and sure enough, the two crime storylines in that one end up being interconnected and come of together course, yeah. when, like, uh, uh, yeah, the the 70s cop runs into the ghost of the guy he was trying to avenge,
0: and they hug it out. and <laughs> It's fun. It's fun. And, and Scotty gets really uh, sort of... Uh, gets a thrill in being a really cool street cop and he's he's asking and and he becomes like a sidekick to the to the shaft character real fast like what what should my nickname be is it okay how about this is that a cool nickname (laughs) and so he gets to pretend to be a cool cop and the the cool cop is very pragmatic about everything it's just it's very funny all right uh, the next episode
1: is called to serve with love and this is the one we mentioned this before this is the one about the process server played by Chris Bauer from the second season of The Wire really good actor doesn't always get a really good role um, and yeah he plays a, a bounty hunter who couldn't serve his last uh, uh, assignment he you yeah. know, serves papers to them you have to appear in court uh, and the last t- the last guy killed him And it ruined his perfect record. So he insists that our heroes serve the papers. Serve subpoena papers to some guy. This one gets messed up in a way that I think they they screwed this one up a bit. Because it gets gets, weirdly
0: dark. It gets really... Because at first they, they say, here's the subpoena papers, and they bump into a lawyer and they drop the papers in the lawyer's papers, like, "Oh, is this is this yours? Oh, yeah, I guess you need to serve that." Yeah, this, this is part of
1: your job. Blah blah blah. blah. And then the, and two then,
0: scenes later, the lawyer shows up dead, saying, "How dare you?" <laughs> which is really quite dark.
1: He had family and shit,
0: dude. I mean, come on. Well, I mean, so they these, got his are all dead people. I know. Come and on. the thing with this show is that
1: because we know that there's an afterlife and it's pretty benign, mm-hmm. it takes the sting off of dying.
0: However, still sad, and they yeah. are still
1: at least. Somewhat responsible for that, and they should feel guilty about it.
0: Well, what I appreciate is sort of the cynicism toward death. There is not a single moment of mourning in Dead Last. Mm. No one is ever sad that somebody else died, because death is kind of meaningless to these people now. Yeah, I know. But at the same time, we know that it has value.
1: We know people are going to miss this guy. There's a certain tragedy there, but what really gets messed up in this episode is... When they manage to trick their way into the bad guys into this criminal's compound and they have to sort of make nice with him Mm -hmm. and it starts getting really creepy and dark and he ends up putting Vaughn in like a dog kennel and and, like Scotty has has to pretend to like shoot shoot bottles off the top of the kennel. And and seriously that's some Texas chainsaw massacre remake shit mm. that's like real and and Vaughn is actually really traumatized at the end of this I'm like that would fuck you up the level of danger and fear that would come from that you know when you get so scared that uh, you know you fear for your life mm. um, there besides that like permanently alters your brain chemistry. Oh wow! Like you just like you, you mm-hmm. don't think the same way anymore. After that, the level of fear and anxiety he goes through is so dark. because even though he didn't die, he was terrified, mm-hmm. and it was a perverse situation. It's. I think it's a miscalculation. I think the show just went way too dark in this episode okay. for how cute it is. And indeed, this was the first episode I showed my wife because like these, the show is really fun. You should see this, and she was watching I'm like.
0: Okay, this, this one is not, this one's
1: this one's a bad watch for the first one cuz well, like I, I you can pretty, forgive it if you've been yeah. eased into it but if you only watch this this episode's mm-hmm. kind of fucked up.
0: Well I, and I because they're playing so much with types of stories and with settings and you know with uh, you know investigations I think it's fine that they have a dark episode. Freaky Links had a dark episode. Remember the the Thrill Seeker episode? Yeah, or yeah, like- but that was more of a thriller. episode. Here's here's a case of point. The next episode it's called Gastric
1: Distress, and it turns out that their manager, uh, who has perpetually been screwed over by his own band, and feels like he's the only one who cares about the band anymore, mm. and he's he's lost his shit. But in the middle of him, like chewing out the band for the very first time, and even our heroes are just sort of like, he's not wrong. We we have been kind of taking advantage of him, and we, he's not really part of this old ghost thing, and we feel bad. He's he starts like really sweating profusely and then he has intense stomach pain so they take him to the emergency room uh where only one doctor uh acknowledges that he has acute appendicitis and needs mm. surgery recently of course and that doctor is a ghost played by stephen Tobolowski.
0: hooray stephen Tobolowski! yay <laughs> uh but what are we gonna do so well and they have to sneak around the hospital pretend to be doctors and perform surgery themselves okay that's that's funny. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That that's
1: that's there's a gross line that's being cut here where we okay. have friends who are cutting into their other friend, mm. not with his okay. There's no consent there. They have no training. I know it's a ghost, but even so, mm. he couldn't physically stop them if they did something wrong or cut too deep. Well, like but there's they're, nothing. They're, he they're the only ones
0: listening. They're the people I, who have to rescue. I realize him. that I think it's, it's fine. It's morbid.
1: It's morbid. Well, it, absolutely, it's morbid. The whole show is morbid. No, I don't think the show is this morbid. Okay, this is morbid in a sort of. Crot- in Bergian way another Mm. issue here because that that is like it's dark it's gross um, but at least it's trying to be funny they will cut between this wacky running around with like a body with like a with an appendix hanging out the side (laughs) kind of weird ghoulish Peter Jackson kind Uh of vibe And then they'll cut to Vaughn is being asked by a ghost to take her husband off of life support so that he can die, and he has to deal with the real
0: issues. A little little bit more serious drama in the middle of that.
1: The tonal whiplash in this episode could make your neck snap. (laughs) Like it's just, I I appreciate that they wanted to to do something uh, more serious, but when you juxtapose it with ghoulish, mm. you know, intestinal body humor. It really undermines all the seriousness, and it really just points
0: out how, like, kind of gross this show could be mm-hmm. if they lose the thread. And I think in this one they lost the thread. I, I, I disagree. I th- I maybe have just a sick enough sense of humor that I thought the, the, the ghoulish surgery stuff was actually really funny slapstick. Mm-hmm. I mean I've I've seen that in like you look at you know weird owls like a surgeon video. Yeah, he's like poking people in the brains in that one, but that's silly and cartoony. And I think that tone is fine here too and but the difference that is is they the, just the it with a serious story. The brain isn't is afraid for because... its life at that
1: point. It's a <laughs> It's in a cartoon world. Hmm. Here there are, there are real world elements that are that's my mm. point This one makes me Crashingly aware Of the real world Because there is real pain You say there is no mourning mm. There's mourning for that guy Who might be, have to Go through euthanasia Well, take off life support But yeah, yeah. You know what I mean Like, you know, that's mm. Say what you will But like, you know there, That's Emotional reality. Mm-hmm. And when you intercut it with the wacky Like a Surgeon music video, it makes you think about how real the actual, how really creepy it would be if what mm. they were really doing really well, happened.
0: Consider watching MTV at this time. Then they play the Like a Surgeon music video and they follow it up with Closer. That kind of whiplash, we, but those are two Gen, distinct, different things. Gen X was used to that kind of whiplash. I guess, but
1: not within the same music video. I, I imagine, not. imagine if like uh, 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 like Metallica's is it one? Is that the mm-hmm. one with the scenes from uh, Johnny Gotcha Guy? Johnny yeah. Gotcha. Now got imagine if now imagine Darkness
0: if Imprisoning Me. Now on a yeah, yeah. Now
1: imagine intercutting that uh-huh. with like a surgeon within the same music video. <laughs>
0: that is a shift. Yeah. That is, I, might be ill advised. I think that would actually be really funny, but okay, I, you're I'm twisted then. that way. The next <laughs>
1: episode is is probably the darkest episode. The one where they actually try to go like kind of creepy. It's mm. called Teen Spirit. Um, their van, they're constantly losing vans and having to like get vans from corpses who know where vans are, uh-huh. which is kind of funny. So they <laughs> always end up with like a van with like a different thing. Like sometimes their van has like Pestilator on the side, or sometimes it's for like a car mm. wash company or something. Um, Their van gets stuck in a swamp, and they go to the nearby kind of swamp bayou community. And everything is really creepy and gross, and no one wants to talk about the dead teenager in the swamp. Uh, And they think that that they've talked to already. And they think that this dead teenager may have been the victim of some kind of cult violence or some other like really horrible thing. Didn't
0: they say that uh, like? He was murdered, but he didn't see who did it, so it might... He no, might he said just... he knew it was the sheriff. It was, like, the sheriff oh, right, 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 and a bunch right. of
1: other people from town. They brutally murdered him violently. It took a long time, and they left him in the swamp, and they never told his mom what happened to him. It's really kind of dark and depressing, And but, over, but eventually, the reveal... It's not much of a reveal. This is an okay episode, but not amazing, because it's really focused. It's uh, there's, like, there's,
0: yeah, they're, they're, there's not many stories they can follow here. Yeah,
1: usually if like there's one story that's kind of weak, there's another one that's kind of strong. This time they're mostly committed to the one story, and the one story is what happened with this kid. And the idea is the kid was actually a serial killer. Mm-hmm. And, the and there was a little, little bit of frontier justice. Yeah, there was some frontier justice there, and they couldn't. Like, the mom knew, but she couldn't Mm. believe it. Yeah. She couldn't believe that her son had done these things, and so what they have to do is actually convince the mom of what really, really Mm. happened, and that sets everything right. After a while, they start shifting the basic premise of the show, because at first, it's just you have to do whatever the ghosts want, Mm. and then after a while, it's just, like, we have to, like, set their souls to rest, even if it's not what they want. They they have to find, like, the right amount of, like, dramatic irony, basically, (laughs) whether or not it's what the actually ghosts told them to do. But
0: I think they went back and forth. Some, it was like, hey, can you do me this favor, do me this, like, simple favor, and that was fine. And then uh, occasionally it was, yeah, it was like... Well, you maybe don't deserve a lot, but we, now we have to get rid of you. And yeah. the, the basic premise remains the same. We need to get these ghosts off our back, man. <laughs> it's still about these selfish, funny characters. So, you know, whatever the ghosts needed, they were willing to do, whether it was dramatic irony or something a little simpler. All right. The next episode is called He Who Smelt It. And this is the one about the rotting corpse. Oh, is this the one? Yeah. Right, rock, walk us through this one. Um. Yeah, they they go into a club, they try to play, uh, but they smell something really horrible. It turns out it, a ghost can give off smell, mm. and uh, the ghost is uh, as stinky as its own corpse. This is the first time that's been established, but mm-hmm. uh, you'd think that would be more of a problem. Uh, and they have to sort of find his body and bury it, and when they go to find his body, uh, it turns out the cops have laid out a sting, and they think that they murdered the guy. Oh, yeah, They return to the scene of the the crime. Okay, there you go. Um, This
1: one didn't leave much of an impression.
0: Well, and it's another one where it's just one story. Yeah. Like, they just sort of get involved in this investigation, and there's cops and police. Yeah, it's just... I was Uh, about to say cops and police. Both of them. Ooh, together (laughs) again for the first time. Mm -hmm. That was was an episode of uh, The Simpsons. Police, cops...
1: Police cops. cops. <laughs> That's the end of that chapter. Uh, the next episode is a really fun one. Maybe, maybe the best in the series. It's mm. called Laughlin it Up, <laughs>
0: in which they
1: are they're out of money. Oh, this is the they, Bob
0: Balaban episode. Yeah,
1: Bob Balaban directed this. Bob Balaban, who you know he. He's in a lot of uh, Wes Anderson movies lately. He was also in All Close the Encounters. He was in the
0: Christopher Guest movies.
1: Yeah, he was in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and he's directed some really fun and funny stuff. He did that great horror movie Parents, mm-hmm. and the somewhat underrated horror comedy My Boyfriend's Back, which is <laughs> which is I think the right kind of silly. Um,
0: a good little zombie teen movie, uh, but uh, came out at a time when those kinds of movies could be made. Uh, uh,
1: that, that, but I, he's, he's this got,
0: couldn't make money, but they could be made. Uh, Bob Bal- Balaban has a good twisted sense of humor, and I think he was right on this show's wavelength.
1: All right, so uh, so they're out of money, they agree to take a gig they didn't want to take because it's kind of a sellout gig playing mm-hmm. a hotel in Laughlin, Nevada, and it's not even like their crowd, it's a bunch of old people,
0: and, and it's, it's a bunch of gamblers, and this is one where they all get addicted to gambling.
1: <laughs> there's a uh, uh there's a real really, really great bit Patton Oswalt did, where he talked about uh, how he did a show at a hotel and oh, they paid him th-
0: <laughs> he called it a sacrilegious amount of money
1: yeah basically he didn't want to do it because it's a lame gig but they paid him so much money he was like, like I feel like I gotta mm-hmm. and they treated him like royalty and he got like a huge and hotel he was,
0: suite he was really guilty about taking so much money and the gig like the way he describes it wasn't even a gig he just sort of went out on stage and everyone was so drunk yeah. in the audience that they, they just sort just like, of screamed at him for you a you were in King of Queens yes
1: yeah and, like, that's what I was thinking when I was watching this. Like, it's like it's not an artistically satisfying mm. gig, but they're going to make a lot of money. Tyler Labine decides uh, he's going to gamble, and he runs into a ghost of a oh, gambler. Of who, a card counter. <laughs> yeah, and he, so the ghost counts the cards, and Scotty, of course, completely blows it by, like, overplaying his hand mm. and gets kicked out of the hotel. And the gambler f- sends him into a high-stakes poker game. <laughs> With a bunch of really dangerous guys who, he doesn't realize this until he's in the poker game, are the guys who killed the gambler. Uh (laughs) Ah. So, whoops. Well,
0: at this point in the show, that's kind of predictable. Yeah. But yeah, the gambler's standing over his shoulder giving him all of the tips, but the gambler has nothing to lose in this scenario. Um, You get the sense that the gambler doesn't want to move on. Like, he's just, you gotta gamble for me. He just wanted to win. He just
1: wanted to Mm. win a match against the guys. He wanted to take all the money of the guys who killed him. Mm. The guy who killed him is the great character actor Dennis Berkeley, who we recently ran into in our other podcast podcast uh the two shot you' had a small role in the drop zone. Um, oh, uh, but uh, just, here, just drop zone. Yeah. yeah. He Dennis Berkeley usually plays bikers. So it's kind of refreshing to see him play like a tough businessman. <laughs> um, and he plays a tough businessman who made his money in like beauty products. So when Tyler, Levine bean shows up and it's just like, you've got split ends, hook him up with our hydro, with our hydro package. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Tyler Bean wins all the money off of him, but then he gets locked in a trunk and then the trunk has another ghost in That's it. Di- and,
0: then then to- Dave Gruber Allen? That one's that's that's a
1: fun one. Uh, meanwhile, there's uh, there's another ghost who won a lot of money, but then died and couldn't enjoy it. So mm-hmm. Jane has to like take him on like the like the wild night. Uh-huh. that'll, like, make it all worth it, but, like, his idea of a wild night is just eating all the food on a menu and she's really bored. Yeah, she,
0: like, she can't eat all of that. And it's like, he's just, he's a ghost. He's sitting at the table watching her eat. And is, and I want to lose all my money gambling. It's like, well, what if I win? No, just keep gambling. It's like, I don't want to do this. This is not fun for me.
1: And finally, she just goes into a casino and starts handing out the money. Just says, hey, it's courtesy of this guy. And uh-huh. then they all love that guy. And they'll always remember that and, guy. And he vanishes,
0: that's yeah. it. It's a, nice, it's a nice little story. Well, um, b- what I like about the conclusion of that story is that it serves them both. It serves the the guy who you know, wants to be remembered and have this wild night out, and it serves her selfishness. Yeah, like I just want this guy off my back. Fine, here's the money. Hey, it worked. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> sometimes the simple solution
1: is the best. So they have these two wacky stories. Then Vaughn has this is the, this is I feel like the show handling a morbid subject really well. Mm. Um, they run into really fun character actor Dave. Uh, sorry, Brian Howe. Mm-hmm. who uh, you probably know as the bad guy in the lost skeleton of Cadavra? he was also one of the feds in catch me if you can fun mm-hmm. character actor and he's in their he's in their hotel room naked because he killed himself when he was naked mm-hmm. and the, Vaughn is has food poisoning so he's just stuck there all day in the whole episode and he's stuck there with this ghost and he's just trying to like figure out what what do you want do you want to like Call your wife? Not really. Like he realizes what he never did that he regrets doing is he didn't leave a suicide note. They just found a
0: body and then just threw him away. Well, so and, and, he wanted and, to make and, a statement. And well and the morbid the morbid bit about that is he's like this really angsty gen X musician. He's listening to, you know, Nirvana and Nine Inch Nails. He's kind of dark bands. So it, he says rather flippantly It's like uh, Well I killed myself I didn't leave a note And Vaughn says oh, Well that's the best part Yeah like, Oh and so you thought about this it, Yeah and he, he, he yeah. has And he said he mm. practiced Writing suicide
1: notes Yeah yeah um, he just,
0: He's had a lot of dark impulses A lot of teenagers do And so mm-hmm. he was uh, Yeah, just sort of working his way through it, and that's kind of kind of parlayed itself into songwriting. Yeah, so he's going to help this guy write a a very eloquent suicide note. So
1: that's kind of, and that's really melancholy, but it's also kind of sweet. Yeah, because he's already dead, you can't save his life, but you can't help him make a statement too, which
0: takes a lot of the edge off. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's it's a nice Mm -hmm. little bit actually, and it's about him helping this guy find his voice (laughs) before it's. Too late and, and this guy's Just like yeah. just an
0: average boob Like he's not even yeah. Depressive He's just I, I, I got sucks. drunk and sad yeah, I was <laughs> drunk And I was sad And it just sort of Happened one night And, yeah. and I'm so sorry Yeah But it's, yeah I got I got nothing else to do Oh and by the way The maids They totally look Through your stuff <laughs> I knew <Yeah>. it
1: <laughs> uh, Also one last thing On this episode Before we move on uh, Jennifer Coolidge Is in this In a small that's role That's right
0: She's in one of the Poker players right Yeah
1: uh, She's the she's The, the, the bad mall. guy's mall The mall Yeah, yeah. Um, So that's a fun one The next episode Is called Jane's Exit This is the one where uh, they go to Jane's hometown where they run into her father played by Ray Wise uh-huh. uh Ray Wise is remarried and uh,
0: Jane doesn't like her mm. she's a bit of a snot and and, uh, uh, and the mom the his new wife has kind of been leveraging the death of her own teenage daughter mm-hmm. uh, for what Jane sees as undue sympathy.
1: Yeah. Uh, also, But here's the thing, though. Also, uh, throughout this whole visit, they've noticed that her dad has a bunch of really suspicious injuries, and he keeps saying things like, oh, I've, I fell down the stairs. It's, uh-huh. it's so weird. I don't know how I tripped and fell off the chair afterwards. And you think to yourself, is he in an abusive relationship? Are we going to go here? And it turns out, the house is haunted by the ghost of Jane's stepmom's first daughter, mm, that's, who died that's in
0: a said teenage
1: daughter died I mean, in a tragic who, cheerleading who, accident. That's uh, not funny. People die in tragic cheerleading accidents all the time. Five thousand people die in cheerleading accidents every year. It seems like a bit high <laughs> but, to me. Uh,
0: she and Jane have a very antagonistic relationship. They're the only ones who can see one another, and uh, and yeah, she hates Ray Wise, so she's. Literally just trying to kill him from ghostly realm. So she's yeah. yeah, poltergeisting it up. Yeah, so you can push him a
1: little bit and just just yeah. enough to make him look really clumsy. Or like and knock
0: something over and bonk it on his head. And uh, finally she
1: agrees that the only way to help this ghost move on is the ghost says, Here's what you can do mm. break up your dad and my mom. You don't want them together either. Mm. And Jane's just like, Okay, well now I seem like a jerk when it's, I want it.
0: It's the premise of the show. Brought home. It's it's yeah. clever.
1: And uh, Jane doesn't know what to do, she's a little torn by it, and then she finally tells the stepmom what's going on for real, told her about the ghost and everything and um, the stepmom like freaks out and uh, says, your daughter said the most uh, horrendous lies to me. Mm, no. uh, and I just, I can't take this anymore. If you don't want me in your life, so be it. And she walks out. Yeah. And the teenage daughter's just like, yay, yeah, and I mean, vanishes. vanishes.
0: And, and, and then and it then turns the out. Says, Mom, come on back, come on back.
1: <laughs> we just staged that for the ghost. Everything's okay. Yeah, now. but yeah. They, they were able to prove sufficiently that they were talking to the ghost of her dead daughter. They knew enough private stuff. Mom believed it. She put forth the ruse. And now. Jane's okay with her mm. stepmom. They don't really quite like each other. At least it ends on an awkward note, but she knows that her dad is happy, yeah, and man. it's it's sweet. And it's actually kind of fun to see Ray Wise play like kind of ca- like a clueless boob. Yeah, it's because he's he's he often plays tough guys or evil guys, mm. and um, here he's he's the put upon one, and he's just really kind. And he's just like I I know bad things keep happening to me, but.
0: You know, have you noticed that the show's writers aren't favoring any one character? I have, and I they, really like they that balanced the show incredibly well between the three three leads
1: and usually what happen in an ensemble cast even with only three people is that you know you end up having to dedicate an entire episode to only one character. Yeah. You know, just just to even it out. Oh, we haven't had a Xander a epi- episode. We haven't right. had an episode of Z- a Xander episode of Buffy in a while. He's been kind of in the background. Let's Whatever. get a Xander is, episode. This is a Joey
0: heavy episode, anyway. Yeah, exactly.
1: Hmm. Um, but yeah, here the, it's you know sometimes one storyline is more important than the others, but they all have stuff to do. Hmm. They're always involved, and it's a very very skillful bit of writing when it's done right. Um, okay, so the next episode hmm. is unfortunately an episode we weren't able to watch. We oh, thought we could, yeah. and this one was this one was a bit lost. It's called the Crawford Touch. Uh, we yeah. apologize. This one this one was out of our grasp. We thought we had them all. This one was I don't know, just messed up. So, well,
0: uh, and you you posited, and this is probably true that it might have been a music rights issue. Yeah. This was a very heavily. Um, musicked show uh, yeah, they, they got the rights to a lot of recognizable tunes they're playing like television and stuff like mm. really hit bands
1: and again you gotta remember uh, like before the mid 2000s most television shows didn't go to home video they had they yeah, lived yeah. on television or in like in the original run mm. or in syndication and that was the only place anyone expected to ever see most of them unless they were a huge hit mm. um, so when they acquired the rights to a lot of the music for shows like that it was just, it was for the week
0: well They They didn't bother
1: to get the rights To release that music on home video And uh, sometimes when you watch A television show from the early 2000s Or before, sometimes later But usually before Mm. um, They will have to change the music To something really generic This happened with the uh, opening credits Of Birds of Prey yeah, Which had a really had cool popular the song, song, and they ended up giving it this really generic studio. This
0: is my remedy. Oh, yeah. I, I, I can For still sing. Everything it. everything that's killing it, me. It's, it's not I as Shoot and b- stop. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot and
1: stop.
0: And it, the original version was a, like hard rocking, like. Um, <laughs> it's not as bad as Faith of the Heart from hmm. Enterprise, oh, which yeah. is the worst TV theme song ever. That's. <sighs> Yeah, with the Russell Watson singing oh, no. Faith of oh, the oh, Heart Oh, it sucks Not only does it suck, it's not even just like, oh, Star Trek doesn't usually
1: open like that uh, Okay, Star Trek usually doesn't open a lot of ways There's a lot of ways you could open it that don't
0: <laughs> suck a lot And you chose one of the ones that did Wow, we're going to take a Rod Stewart song and we're going to make it even suckier right. Oh, God Well, anyway. the last episode uh, of the
1: show uh, mm-hmm. uh, is To Live and Amulet Die which, honestly... Bad pun, but all right. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, most of the titles are bad puns. Sure. Um, and this is the one where they finally start getting into, not so much the mythology, but just at, for a while there, the amulet was kind of forgotten and not important. Mm-hmm. Here, it's like, okay, so they have this amulet that lets people see ghosts. If someone found out about that,
0: they might want that.
1: Yeah, they probably and, see the value in that.
0: Well, it's, it's fitting that this is the last episode because, yeah, it deals with... A Drama connected directly to the show's mythology, yeah, while still managing to squeeze in a, a helping a dead person show, yeah. Uh, the, so the band uh ends up at a uh, like in a festival, like a lollapalooza type festival, six bands in one day, and they're the first ones and they hate that because that means they're the opener, yeah, and no one's gonna be there. And they even say uh, this that's when uh, well, people are getting high in the parking lot, they're not and, gonna see us.
1: And the headliner is used to be in a band with Vaughn, and mm. then he struck out and he became.
0: Huge. What, and Von is. I think they're called Hobnob? Hobnobs. The Hobnob or oh, the Hobnob? It was just
1: Hobnob. They're just called Hobnob. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and they're huge. Mm. And Vaughn is, of course, jealous and annoyed because he thinks he's, he has more talent. Um, these guys are just sellouts, even though, of course, it's everything Vaughn wants. So it's just <laughs> so um, I'm Just a
0: sellout, man. If you, if you work in music and you make money, you're a sellout.
1: So they end up, uh, you know, having dinner with these guys and Jane starts, like, kind mm. of falling for the, their bass player or drummer or whatever. Is so. their drummer. Is yeah. their drummer. Um, and that just pisses Vaughn off more. And then finally, like, you know what? we're not made. We're not big. It's because we found a magic amulet. <laughs> we found a magic amulet. It makes us see ghosts and we have to constantly help them out. And, of course, the you know, lead singer of Hopknobs Knobs like, <laughs> That's yeah. stupid And, and so he, he immediately sh- he shows
0: up in their hotel room A scene later Saying Okay I believe you Why do you believe me Well I'm dead now <laughs> <laughs> Turns out He wrote
1: a song That day About how The stupid plot Of the show <laughs> And uh
0: The people who People who were looking was, For the it, amulet It was annoying too Like Hobnod is like Is like Weezer A little bit I, I like, like, like Weezer
1: Wait, uh, right? Can you pick someone who sucks like, Well
0: they're, they're not heavy or dark The way uh Problem. Problem's more like garbage. Okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay, fair enough. Mm. Um, in any case, they wrote a song about it. They put it in the first
1: person so that mm. the people who uh, were well, looking for the amulet thought the band th- had found it. There's
0: this pair of people who are looking for the amulet because they want it. They, mm. they, figure they want to be ghost helpers.
1: Uh, uh, they're led by Harry Grainer, who played uh, the mayor in season four of Buffy, arguably one of the best villains that show ever had. Okay. Really, really great, fun actor. Mm. Um, he, uh, So, yeah, he and his assistant are trying to find the amulet. And
0: they're, and they they're really the b- nerdy, withdrawn people, and that they have to get in with these hip bands is a good source of humor.
1: It is a good source of humor. And you think at first... Are they going to be good guys? Are they going to be, like, part of this, like, good guys, like, going to help ghosts kind of thing? And then it turns out that they start killing every member of Hopknob Mm -hmm. in order to free them from the amulet and take the amulet. Because they can't do it until everyone who owned it is dead. Uh, And, uh... Yeah, and then it, well, and, 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 so the key, so the, the, the people from Hobnob keep just showing up in Vaughn's like show, hotel room, and it's and just the, like ah. It's like,
0: well, and they're ghosts, and we don't know what they need. Yeah, and it's hilarious because they vanish whenever they say, "Oh yeah, Hobnob's pretty good." Like that's all they needed to hear. It's like <laughs> he they just they needed their ego stroked a little bit more before they, they head on headed on over to the other my, side. My
1: favorite gag in this one of your gags, in this is when the ghosts mm-hmm. like the ghosts achieve peace before the plot is over. Mm -hmm. Like, oh yeah, so the gambling, whatever like that. Ha ha! I have won. You defeated the gambling guy. Now I can rest in peace. Hey, cool. How
0: do I get out of the Hey (laughs) How do I get okay, out of this room? They're going to
1: kill me. What do I here. do?
0: Well, and yeah, I'm left with a corpse in my trunk. So, uh,
1: so it takes them a long time to realize that they've got the wrong band. And mm-hmm. of course they try to kill him. It ends in a bit
0: of a fight and the fight's silly. Like the, well, the assistant has nunchucks. Fighters, yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. And, <laughs> Um, it, it, it never gets action heavy, and I appreciate that. No, there's yeah. a couple
1: of there's suspense. You know, mm-hmm. will we get to blank in time, etc. But yeah, there's not cool action. There's
0: no car chases to mm-hmm. speak of. It's it's just spry. Yeah, it's spry, but it's, it's not like action packed. Totally springs along. The, uh, oh, there was a story we forgot. Which one? Uh, the stalker. Oh I forgot yeah, the stalker story. I forgot what, episode that, I forgot what episode that was. Yeah, there was an episode. Oh, okay, Jane, so they, Jane picked up a, a. They they ran into a guy who had died on the side of the road. No, no, he hadn't
1: dead yet. He, or, he was dying. He was, he was dying. He's dying. Jane, As he was dying in his arms, he uh, just started being kind of creepy and hitting on her. And she's just like, okay, he's about to die. I don't care. Let's just, just hit on me. Yeah, get, whatever. Get, get away. Get away. And then they take him to the emergency room and she thinks, okay, I'm free. Mm. And then it turns
0: out that he just shows up and is like, hey, I'm dead. We can be together now. And, and, and if, she, Yeah, she talks to people who knew him and they just said, oh, we're just making sure he's dead because he was the worst stalker you've ever met. So she's being stalked by a ghost. That one is kind of... Okay, well, they're, they're, yeah, deal- is, they're dealing with a dark topic, yeah. and the way she handles it, I think, is very novel. The way she handles
1: it is to because here's the thing, he's a ghost. He can't touch her, he can't hurt uh-huh. her. Um, although he can poltergeist it up, but she plans mm. to sate to him by saying, Okay, I'll be your girlfriend, but she's gonna be the worst girlfriend ever. Mm. Which is kind of works in like a Shakespearean theater kind of way. Yeah. But as a practical thing for the audience, because the audience is watching this, and like anyone who's had a stalker knows. That's not going to fix that. That's not going to no, help me at all. No, no. So it's a little irresponsible in that regard. I don't think it handles the subject matter well. But they kind of wrote themselves into a corner. How do you get rid of a stalker mm-hmm. ghost? What do well, you so do? They, like they that's a to, tough. That's a tough.
0: They, they had to lighten it up a little bit. Yeah. It's like, well, I'll just you know be so terrible that my stalker breaks up with me, and he breaks up with her, and then he vanishes. So. Yeah. It, it's it, okay. I don't think. Okay. I don't think it works terribly. I like. forgot what episode that was from, but yeah. that was a subplot. we was something we had forgotten about. Anyway,
1: uh, there's a lot of subplots. It's easy to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I think is interesting, when I, th- I think we played the uh, opening credits mm. um, for you, because I couldn't find a TV promo for this, because no one cares. Uh, but uh, that opening promo is way more hardcore and edgy than the show is. Yeah. The, 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 you know, the opening credits are like fast cutting and screaming and all kinds of craziness. And the show is actually just kind of light and fun. I think if this had like, premiered now, it would have been... Pretty well received well, One you know? v- one year previous Or like five years after Yeah, a couple of years after Maybe Bad timing mm. You know, people were still Not in the mood for well, it Well, of
0: course By the time Like five years after TV was evolving yeah. And we talked about this When we, we did Birds of Prey Where it was turning from uh, an episodic weekly show into long form, like season long story yeah. arcs. Lost
1: was the yeah. Lost was the name of the game. You oh, wanted yeah. to kind be of like bro-
0: broke that yeah. open, and all of the big cable shows, like, well, we can just do this. All, well, we can do a show yeah. like Dexter. I think how is that a weekly show? Well, it's not. It's just a one big long story. See, I think now in this very mm-hmm.
1: casual mode of consumption, people have mm-hmm. for a lot of their television shows on like Netflix and Hulu or whatever, where everything is like a lot of the popular shows. Some of them are really you know thoughtful and. Smart and excellent drama A lot of them are just Really kind of light And relaxing mm-hmm. And chill And I but think But they
0: still all interconnect That's the yeah. thing I, No like, I know. I'm just saying like, I, I, I I'm, a, I'm
1: talking about Like all these Netflix shows Or mm-hmm. whatever like that I'm just like People might be more receptive To just watching something That's
0: kind of light And airy and fun And mm-hmm. I bet I pick up A decent enough cult following This would probably Do okay today Maybe maybe. I'm, I'm trying to think Of how you could do Something like Dead Lasts um, As a long form story because helping ghosts and like ending a story mm-hmm. is the premise of the show. Yeah, I think hel- either they would have to help like one ghost to had vanished by the end of the season. That sounds kind of boring.
1: I think well, that's got it's not going to be only the mm-hmm. one story. There's there's like one ghost who like sets them off on a larger mystery that involves other ghosts. Like what if what if for example along their ghosts because most of the ghosts that they interact with maybe like the oldest one they interact with in a meaningful way is a hundred years old. We didn't talk about that one either. She's in the basement of a bar and uh, she was a mail order bride who was killed by her husband. And because she was killed because her throat was cut, which is pretty morbid, she can't talk. So the only way they can figure out what she wants is through charades.
0: Well, and and, uh, that cute one is because that, that one is cute because um, uh, Scotty and cat, Scotty mm-hmm. and Vaughn yeah. are the ones locked down there with her, and she can't communicate with them. And as soon as Jane says, "Well," she just says, "Well, I knew what she was talking about, guys." Yeah, it's like, "Oh wait, Jane's a lot smarter than these guys." Yeah, she's not terribly smarter than them. No, but she makes she's some smarter, dumb decisions, yeah. but
1: yeah, she's she's more she's got more common sense. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I think you think you give it like one kind of mystery, like maybe mm-hmm. like there's a mystery from like 200 years ago, and they have to track down some ghosts or whatever, and it mm-hmm. takes them all around whatever. But the average episode is what we see now. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be like. Six episodes that relate to mm. an overarching mystery for the season, or something, well, I, I or, think, or you have some bad guys, you know. They're ghosts, might, we don't really run into a lot of malevolent ghosts. That's true. You know, some of them might be like, Hey, listen, we're all these ghosts. Mm. If we like channel our energies, by the way, Vincent Chavelli was in one of these, and that made me laugh because he was a subway <laughs> ghost and ghost. He was, yeah, um, but uh, if we channel all our energies. We could make an impact on the living world again, and we could maybe like there's something you could mm. do there where like some ghost who's like trying to like get all the other ghosts together in some kind of gang. Mm. It could be done.
0: Uh, I, I, I think don't you'd know. have to do it like uh, like burn notice mm. where there's a case of the week and then like the last scene of every episode contributes to the arc. yeah, that kind of thing yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Mm. just keep it keep it on a, keep it
1: on the back burner and then like the last two or three episodes are like an interconnected there epic you finale. Yeah, yeah. you could do it. I, I guess, think you could I do guess, it. I it, guess you it, could. It, I think one thing that I like about this is it proves that there's no shortage of clever ideas mm-hmm. in that, Dead well, Last, and yeah, I think they, I think I think they could figure it out. They you, clearly you had some good whiffed, writers on their show. You said show. they
0: whiffed the the hospital episode. I think that was fine. Uh, yeah the the uh, the hostage episode was pretty dark and grimy, but I th- I it was they, it was only one dark and grimy episode in a show that had. You know, Played with tone a little bit I so. think
1: overall I think it's I think it's a really Very excellent show mm-hmm. I think it's You know It was their first season You work at some of the kinks You push things a little bit Too far Pull it back We won't do yeah, that they're, again They're still experimenting yeah, I think, It wasn't I think, a failing of the show I think they got a little too grim Or a little too ghoulish A couple of times Nothing that ruined it Unless that was the only episode You saw mm. uh, Which in my case My wife It was <laughs> Michelle wasn't into it but I saw the whole thing and as a whole yeah it's a very clever smart program it's a damn shame that nobody talks about it I would I would hope at least it would have a small well, following or something uh, and, it,
0: and we already said why it was cancelled it was pretty much just 9-11 yeah, this, I mean this also was,
1: also, was well, also it was a or, WB the ratings show. sucked yeah, and it was,
0: it was it, all, already being hidden and because yeah. of what was going on in the news people just yeah. didn't want to watch a show like this and they only ran six episodes So this, and this, one was preempted because it was supposed to air on 9 11 2001, so yeah, yeah, this, this was something that was just the victim of bad timing. Well, There's nothing th- in this show mm-hmm. that would have it fail on its own merits.
1: I, I think so. Well, except that it was on WB. It, now, well, th- yeah. now, WB ratings weren't entirely WB's fault, and that every market had WB, mm-hmm. so it was always going to get lower ratings than something like NBC, which is in literally every household. Um, but it you know, it had some rough times, it aired opposite uh, initially, Big Brother. And Dharma and Greg and mm. Fraser and Dharma and Greg and Fraser were reruns, and they still had better ratings.
0: <sighs> uh,
1: and then the finale aired opposite the premiere of a somewhat short-lived but more successful uh, cop show, The Guardian. Um, All right. Also, the reality TV series Love Cruise, which yeah, <laughs> you bet it was on Fox. <laughs> uh, and yet, and here's the thing that I think is really really telling: uh, the finale of this show mm. had lower ratings. Than an airing of a edited for TV version of disturbing behavior mm. on UPN. <laughs>
0: Oh no! Yeah, that's Oh no, crappy kind of forgotten teen drama like, from the early 2000s. That's a
1: kick in the pants. You, th- th- on this the show UPN, deserved better than that. Oh golly, yeah. This show deserved better than it, that.
0: It needed to at least beat disturbing behavior on right. TV. On UPN, on no, UPN on a network! Like, oh my god. This was the time that UPN beat them. You're <laughs> right. We're number eight! We're number eight! <laughs> You're next, Pax (laughs) (laughs) Gonna climb over TBS any minute now. Mm. Uh anyway, Dead Last, that was a really,
1: really good pick. So thank you everybody yeah. on our Patreon. Yeah, I'm, I'm so not, Definitely cancel too soon this show. I agree. I, 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 yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. And and if they had continued going, um it seems like they didn't we weren't running out of steam. They would have yeah. just continued with other fun, quirky ideas, cities they could go to, crimes and deaths that happened in those cities. Yeah, and there's
1: so many different things they barely even touched on like the mechanic. I'm glad they didn't make it all about the mechanics of the show mm. or the amulet or the mythology, but if they wanted to expand it they could. We've already mm. established that there are things like magic amulets let to see ghosts. There could be other magic amulets out there, let other people see ghosts. Or, or, or are, do other things. Or do yeah. other things and, and hey, if there are ghosts, maybe they're monsters. Who knows? It's like you could build eventually. Mm. It'd be kind of fun to have a vampire show it's up like, someday. You know?
0: no, oh no, we found Bigfoot. Oh wait, it's Bigfoot's ghost. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, that's actually very I actually really like yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I liked that the, the characters Like they weren't Hugely rich or nuanced But they did have Like little personal quirks That the actors Were bringing to it They were but able to
1: evolve A bit over time And they grow were, a little bit
0: They were shallow enough That you could insert them Into any situation They were very pliable mm-hmm. uh, in, in a really workable Sort of and way And I think their shallowness Is actually
1: unusually uh, Sympathetic mm. For shallowness Sometimes you have a character Who's like supposed to be shallow And you just You can't imagine Anyone being that shallow
0: well, Here, they're, they're, they're shallow But they're not dicks They're actually yeah. kind Like they're self Selfish, but at the end of the day, they're kind of good-hearted. They're selfish in a way
1: that I think anyone could sympathize with. And mm-hmm. half the half the stories begin with them just going about their day, and then a ghost shows up, and they're That's just like, awesome. "Ah, Man. I was doing I stuff
0: today." But then they, but then they immediately say, "Okay, fine. What do you want?" And they're going to yeah. do it. And they're never dicks about it. They don't try to chase the ghost off or not do something. Yeah, they, 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 they they try. They, initially, do, they but try the, occasionally, but then they end up doing the right thing. At it's the always end, half-hearted. So. It's basically just them trying to
1: hint, "Hey, I'm not really feeling it today," and then the ghost is like, "Well, you got it." And they're like, oh, "Okay,
0: it's fine. it's fine." So so that they eventually uh, acquiesce is yeah. is very important. No,
1: no, I think it's a good show. I think it's mostly a sweet show. I think they I think they. F- they messed the tone up a little couple of times, but not beyond repair.
0: Mm. Well, it didn't um, change the show. It's just like one episode. A couple of repair, episodes yeah. went
1: too dark. What are you going to do? Mm. Um, it's a show about death, after all. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I know that there are, there are episodes of X Files that went too funny or too gross, mm. and it's fine. It happens to a lot of shows. This is fine. But yeah, if Dead Last, if you look online, you can find this. It's not hasn't been preserved terribly well, but you can find this show. It's worth tracking down. This is one of the better, like, completely unknown shows that we've mm. discussed. Because, like, Freaky Links,
0: people still remember Freaky Links. It was on Fox. <laughs> it <Like, laughs> has a weird title. I kind of remember Freaky Links. Yeah,
1: people, there's, there's a vague
0: cultural another, another awareness of Freaky, Freaky show that I kind of liked.
1: Yeah, I liked it, too. I, think, it was, I like Dead
0: Last more than I like Freaky
1: Links. Same. So. I think, uh, but I think, you know, some shows just... Some people watched it, and no one watched this one, and it's a damn shame. Yeah. So uh, kudos, WWWB. You had a good one, and you canceled it. Uh, yeah. So N- Not out of spite, and just nobody was interested. All right. Uh, so next week, we'll be back on Cancel Too Soon with a review of another program. And this time, it's going to be... We're going to do a double header. We're going <laughs> to do
0: two shows in a row that listen. revolve around a weird theme. And the weird theme is teenage band... Helping people uh, like Moonlighting as a band and then Moonlighting as uh, like supernatural or super human helpers on the side. This week we did dead last
1: (laughs) and this week we kind of just stumbled upon. Uh, We are going to be doing the Hanna-Barbera cartoon Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids. Butch
0: Cassidy is the main character. Nothing to do with the movie, by the way.
1: None. Not even, it, it, it's a good thing those guys were real guys. They never could have gotten away with this. Calling it Butch Cassidy on the Sundance <laughs> Kid. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid were real
0: historical figures, <laughs> so they you can't copyright their names.
1: Yeah, so they totally got away with this horrible
0: pop culture
1: appropriation. We're just going to take the name. <laughs> uh,
0: a teenage band. Uh, the lead singer slash guitarist has a ring with a radio in it, and some shadowy government organization calls them when they need to fight supervillains. And we're going to say this right. No. Mickey Dolans is in it. <laughs> every time, every time
1: mm. we do a Hanna-Barbera show, we regret it. Yeah. And every time we... We go back. We keep going back. I don't know why we do that. Because that well is deep. <laughs> we <laughs> don't not, have to go in that it, well. It hasn't been drained yet. There's so much TV history. <laughs> we don't. We could do an entire podcast just about Hanna Barbera.
0: We're not doing that. <laughs> we're no, not doing no, no, that. We're not. We're not. We're not. But we can't. We're not doing Hanna Barbera the podcast. Yeah. No, thank you. Our constitution isn't that strong. For, for every good
1: thing you remember from Hanna Barbera, there's two dozen terrible things, and also the good thing you remember probably wasn't sucked. that good. Yeah,
0: so, so, <laughs> Scooby Doo. It's not a good show, guys. No, Scooby Doo stinks It's better than a lot of the other ones, but that's not saying much. Yeah. Even even the Flintstones was like sucked eighty percent of the time. So anyway, Butch Cassidy
1: and Sundance Kids, because Whitney thought it was a funny title. <laughs>
0: Well, I thought thought it was a funny premise, and it it, it, and as as it so happens, it falls in line with this episode. All right, so listen, everybody,
1: thank you very, very much for listening. Uh, You can also hear us every week on other podcasts on the Schmoes No podcast Mm -hmm. feed you find on iTunes Spotify etc we review new movies on critically acclaimed and we do a double feature every week of one of the best movies ever made and one of the worst movies ever made on our show the two shot Mm -hmm. Um, we also you can find us online in various places we recently did a big episode of the movie trivia showdown we hope you check it out it's a lot of fun Um, I'm on Twitter at William Bibiani I'm at Whitney Seibold Uh, don't forget you can join us on Patreon for exclusive content patreon.com slash canceled too soon and uh, hit us up on Twitter at canceledcast. That's it. That's about it. So uh, thank you, everybody, once again. And that is a wrap. We'll see you next season. <music>